Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles Fanuary, the podcast that this January pits two movies with something in common picked by fans of the show and puts them in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we had a hull of an escape from the Poseidon, which means today we're saying flame on as we scale the dizzying heights of 1974's The Towering Inferno. You're looking for me, Chief? If you're Duncan, you I am. Everything under control? Got to move all these people out of here. Oh, now, just how bad is it? It's a fire, mister, and all fires are bad. Well, uh, I don't believe that you're familiar with the many modern safety systems we have designed into this building. We've got them all. All right, it's your building, but it's our fire. Now, let's get these people the hell out of here. Now, I don't think you're listening, Chief. There's no way for a fire on 81 to reach up here, not in this building. So which film will be delightfully disastrous and which will be a downright disaster? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Putters. You make love to a girl and afterwards (laughs) there's no physical evidence to mark the occasion. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. So part two of our third Clash of the Titles, Fanuary, and the disaster duel that is Poseidon Adventure versus Towering Inferno. As you well know, one film will be declared the winner in the verdict at the end of this show. So remind us, Chris, who are we thanking for this pairing? Big thank you uh, to Craig Main, whose favourite film of all time is the Poseidon Adventure. So a lot riding on today's verdict for Craig. A lot, a lot. And he's a new listener as well, so we want to welcome him to the Clash Pod family. But that is not not going to influence our verdict. We're professionals in that respect and only that respect. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. So there is still time to get your own pairing in. If you have a suggestion for us, you have to tell us why you want the suggestion. Email us to clash at... Show at Clash... What is it again, Chris? No you do one this knows. bit. It's show at ClashPod.com. Sure, sure. We've been doing this for years now. I thought it was .org, because I think we're a charity. I thought it was no. dot, .net. <laughs> but there you go. It's show at ClashPod.com, and there is still space this February, Fanny. Right, any other business before we get into this? No. No? No? All right, great stuff. On Monday, we got wet and wild with the Poseidon adventure, which means today it's time to turn up the heat with the towering inferno. V, take us on a journey. Take the world's finest actors and have them talk about building regs in a huge phallus for nearly three hours, and that's the towering inferno. Also, the world's finest actors are squabbling children, which is how you get both Paul Newman and Steve McQueen, who personally I already think are indistinguishable, as both the good guy and both the hero, because neither of them wants to be the villain that sets their own massive penis on fire, (laughs) which means it's the villain evil son-in-law Roger, who cut corners in the wiring leading to a fire. But Roger's wife doesn't love it. Him and his father-in-law put the squeeze on him to save money so he can't be the bad guy. Maybe the bad guy is the father-in-law, Builder Jim. 
But as he repeatedly states, he stuck to code, which sounds entirely fair and legal. So the villain must be the fire, which sounds right, actually, because the real reason I'm being snarky about the Oscar winning highest grossing film of 1974 is because it gave me actual nightmares when I was little and I wouldn't let my mum put the tumble dryer on for about four months, which really pissed her off. So there's a lot of buried stuff here for me when I'm watching The Tower Inferno, where supporting characters are punished for being in love or being nice to children. Thank God the two good guys get out alive and good guy's girlfriend Faye Dunaway who's got an enviable future ahead of her in the middle of a McQueen Newman three-way which is the logical conclusion to their one-upmanship lucky old Faye (laughs) (laughs) they'd argue about who goes first wouldn't they (laughs) yeah they would (laughs) well I think I'd rather Faye shut up (laughs) the men are talking just stay still scissors paper stone Uh, so, as I have inferred, I saw this on the telly at my grandma's house. Uh, but, oh God, is he, what's he called? Bigelow. Re, re, um, what's he? Robert. It, Robert Wagner, something Bigelow. The PR guy. Dan Bigelow. Dan Bigelow. Thank you. Because I just remember his watch. That's the bit I saw. And I just was, it was just the worst thing. And then I, w- I know what everyone, fire is fucking scary, but I was, I was only really very little and I had, I, I was so, so, so frightened. Mm. And I was even so, I was so frightened that like I was that little that we used to all play out on the street and there'd be like a little gang of kids and we used to knock around together. And just by dint of living on the same street, we weren't really friends. And there was a boy that used to like tease me a lot about being scared and he'd say, I'm going to come and set your house on fire because he knew that that was my thing. And I would run off crying to my mum. Like, it's really bad. That's everyone's thing. Someone <laughs> saying, I'm going to set your house on fire is yeah, not exclusive to that you. That's true. So then I just really zeroed in on the tumble dryer and I wouldn't let her. I remember screaming and screaming when I was in bed. That's how little I was that I was in bed when she was doing chores or whatever. Hmm. I can't even say it. It was so awful. And I would scream at her to turn it off and she'd eventually comply. But obviously a lot of simmering resentment there because she's got to get shit done. She's got a screaming child and it's all because of this film. And all your clothes smelt fusty. Yeah, they would have smelled. I mean, I don't know what she's using a tumble dryer for, to be perfectly honest with you. We had a back garden, we had a washing line, but mm. maybe she was short of time. I don't know. Sure, sure. I haven't got a tumble dryer, I have to say, and part of it is because I'm scared of them. <laughs> and also we don't have the space, but I am quite scared of tumble dryers because of the towering inferno. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I'm getting it. Hates tumble dryers. Scared of the towering inferno. Got it. Hundred percent. I'm on board. Those two are clearly in a line. Yeah. When did you see it? Is it the same thing? Uh, no. It was one of those movies that I, I remembered sort of being on for an entire afternoon oh when I was a kid. God, it's so long. It was like, I think it must have been on ITV because with breaks you're looking at five hours, <laughs> and I just kept coming in and out of this room where people were watching it and going. All right, so Still on. this is kind of like a first watch, but I didn't see mm. the scene that you mentioned, the Dan Bigelow and his secretary scene, because that is both fantastic yeah. and utterly harrowing. Mm. Yeah, the trouble with watching it for this podcast is you can't dip out. <laughs> when you were a kid watching this, you could dip in exactly. and out, but we haven't got any choice. Yeah. No. Get a snack, come back. You need energy for the second <laughs> half of this movie. What about you? Uh, I, as I said on Monday, watched these when I was a kid, like we all did when yeah. they were on telly. Um, it was quite nice though. This rewatch, I did watch over Christmas with my parents, right. as, as it should be watched. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think what they, makes you say that? I think they slept through quite a lot of it. <laughs> all right, so I'll tell you a bit about it. It's adapted from not one, but two books. What? Two books. What? Yeah. Say what? Are you allowed to do that? Just smush them together. Yeah, he did. What's his favorite? What's he called? Sterling Silliphant did just smush them together. <clears throat> so the the books are The Tower and The Glass Inferno. Um, re, they are very similar. It's a tall building. I've just pulled out the similar things. Tall building, shonky wiring, survivors being saved from up high. So uh, in April 73, Warner Brothers buy The Tower and I did the maths and it was $350,000, which is about $2.5 million today. Um, there had been a bidding war for it. And Fox was part of that bidding war. Eight weeks later, Fox have got the Glass Inferno, um, which they bought for $400,000. So Mm. anyway, so Erwin Allen, um, he was worried that the films would kind of cancel each other out. So he convinced them to team up, the story goes. He'll produce. He also directed the action stuff in The Tower Inferno. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. And do you know what? I second unit. Hope... He, I, we call it second unit now. But okay. it's such a I big, so, yeah. he gets a big credit. It sort of, it feels like that. Because like a second unit director doesn't get mentioned at the start of a movie. And no. it certainly yeah. doesn't go action, the, you know, the exciting bits. Erwin Allen directed yeah, yeah. those. By, by this time, he is the master of disaster. So, mm. uh, and the, uh, but if you're the actual, I should have done this. If you're the actual director, John Gilliman, how do you feel about, oh, no, 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 John, I'll, I'll do the cool shit. You can just do the building reg stuff, well, I he, guess. He was furious, wasn't he? He was, uh, 
he basically said Alan got most of the critical kudos, um, which annoyed me. I wanted to fight it because, damn it, I made that picture. Yeah. But the studio talked me out of it. They said it would only hurt business, but I was wrong. I should have fought. <laughs> I should have fought. That's what he says. Um, if you're interested in this, which I kind of am, the way that the studio split it, Fox gets domestic, Warner's gets international. Interesting. Yeah, I read that as well and I was like, someone somewhere at the studios must have done the maths and gone, that's about 50-50. But it never is not normal. No. Is, 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 uh, I guess it, it didn't might used be. to be. It didn't used to be. Um, America used to be a lot more than international. Mm. Yeah. And now international is more than America. Because China. China. Yeah, because China. Because China. Because China. China. <laughs> China. Yeah. If your film gets released in China, which most of the Marvel films don't get released in China. Right. Because they have progressive uh, gay couples and things like that. And so China does not allow those films in, but they've allowed Avatar in and they've actually extended Avatar's release this week. So they really... James making a lot of money. I remember the uh, Paul... Oh, my gosh. Director Bridesmaids. Vicky? Feig. 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 Paul Feig. Uh, Ghostbusters. His Ghostbusters. Uh, They wanted to release that in China and they went like, no, we can't do this because it's got spirits in it. Things about the afterlife aren't really allowed in China. So people in China have never seen original Ghostbusters? Good question. Oh Don't know. God. My God. Yeah. I was you should say, get they, out there. They, they never... <laughs> get out there with a sandwich board on the street. <laughs> and some, Do you realise? <laughs> dodgy DVDs. <laughs> they love a ghost story in China, though. So I wonder if that was a way of stopping a film about four women, one of whom might be gay, <laughs> from playing in their country. I wonder. So now... Chris Tilly, you have spoken about this before. I have. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's coming here. It's I'm so, obsessed with it. I've, I, I've listened to what you've said before. Yeah. And I've never took the time to look at the actual Yeah, posters. It's fascinating. So yeah. I, the, the, you, t- you fill in the, the more detail, but basically, there's a huge fight for who's going to be credited or top billing. Like, who's yeah. going to get credited first? Who's going to get. Three top, people were going for it three at Three people were going for one, it. One immediately got dropped. Yeah. <laughs> so they say to the old guy, absolutely yeah. not. Yes. Bill Holden, yep. your star has. Has waned. Yeah. Yes. Literally, so, they say you're not big enough to be in this fight. But it's good that someone was like, guys, just for fuck's sake, like just tell it how it is. No, you used to be and now you're not. Yeah. Deal with it. But with Paul Newman and Steve McQueen, it's just not working. And so you end up... I, when I've heard you, Chris, talk about it before, you're like, oh, so they did this thing and it's diagonal. And so if you're reading it this way, you're reading it wherever. And I thought, oh, that sounds... It sounds ridiculous. Mm. But as an ex-agent, I am nervous of a precedent affecting someone's career. So I kind of get it. And then I saw the poster and it looks fucking stupid. It does. And it looks like babies that can't fucking <laughs> sort their shit out. And it's hard to read. You're like, what? Yeah. And the it's just... And it's even worse when it's on screen and the helicopter's flying across. It's so yeah. stupid. Yeah. It offends me. I think the first time I saw it, and I've said this before, it's Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. And they made a film called Boeing, Boeing, and they put the names on the propellers so they were sort of going at angles diagonally. Weird thing is, I'm watching a TV series this week, a new TV series. It's They've done it there. Really? We crashed. Oh, what? Jared Leto... Anne Hathaway. Oh, the WeWork thing. Yeah, and I guess oh, they wow. think, well, these guys are pretty much level. I mean, I would think Anne Hathaway's maybe bigger, but I can see why they would consider them level pegging. Yeah. And so they've done the same thing with their credits at the end. God. Still it, happening. It just looks like, I know that uh, this is a very, like, rose-tinted view of things, but it's meant to be, you know, a, it's meant to be a piece of art or whatever, and it's for, it's not for you, it's for the public. And you're just, you're squabbling over stuff that no one yeah, else cares the, about. And the public needs to know who the biggest star is, though. Do you think so? Oh, honestly, but I you, think things like this matter. People, you know, I mean, I don't know whether they do anymore because I don't know that there was quite so much conversation uh, about film as there is now on social media. But I, I, I think, you know, if it happened now, people are like, oh, so they're not as big as so and so. I think okay. the agents worry about it more than the general public yeah. do. And I wonder how much of this was the agents and how much of this was the actors. Certainly, if you read the stuff that's been said since about this situation, I get the sense it was more Steve McQueen yeah. and Paul Newman's agent. Yeah. And Paul Newman's quite regretful about some of the stuff that happened on this film between the two of them because it's, it is ridiculous and it's like children he wanted to be a serious actor and he did this movie for money and then felt like he'd, he'd fucked up basically yeah. yeah I remember there's a story where Ben Stiller once asked Paul Newman uh, his memories of the Tower Inferno and he was like Money job. Walked off. That's I, not true. Paul Norman's a nice guy. I did also read that in order... <laughs> His salad dressing's gorgeous. But you know what? I'm so glad you mentioned the salad dressing. Mm. I genuinely find it hard to tell them apart. Not in this film, just in life. You mean his salad dressing and Stephen Queen's? <laughs> Steve McQueen hasn't got a salad dressing, has he? No, no it's, he's got it's a, a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too close. So. You were miles ahead of me, by the way. But 
you know who is it you've got the face blindness thing with two actors and we were laughing at it Dolmot Moroni and <laughs> Dylan McDermott yeah it's a name thing as well it, but you did a quiz you were like who's been in this film and we yeah. both we were like oh, we actually now don't know like no. they've become so blurred because also with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, I'm just, now I'm hesitating. The one that's not in it was going to be in it. Yeah, yeah. St- Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen yeah. was. Steve McQueen was going to be in it, in and the, he's in not Butch in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, he and was then they were the Sundance Kid. And yeah. then they were going to have the the issue there. Mm. They didn't know who was going to get top billing. But yeah. when McQueen dropped out and Paul Newman comes in, well, Robert Redford's more famous than okay. Paul Newman, and so or was it the other way around? No, it's the other way around. <laughs> Paul Newman's more famous than Robert Redford. Yeah. Yes. That and was if it. it wasn't for the, the salad dressing, which my dad was a big fan of, I actually would struggle to really tell them apart in this film really um, yeah it's just handsome handsome white dude it, I guess because I've grown up eyes. with my mum obsessing mm. over Paul Newman I just know his face is sort of embedded in my brain yeah. and the fact they look very different pretty men in slightly different ways yeah, they one's got quite do. a prominent mould <laughs> and now that I've watched one three spends hours of most them. of the movie dressed as a firefighter <laughs> as well that's Steve McQueen but yeah. I will yes. give you I will give you blue eyes yeah and they both are um, have sort of dust on their face for a lot of the film and so it really makes their blue eyes pop sure. it does sure. yeah thank you twinkly eyed uh, anyway despite this nonsense and bickering as I mentioned The Towering Inferno was the top grossing film of 1974 it was nominated for Best Picture Oscar and Fred Astaire was nominated for an Oscar also mm. so it doesn't matter what I think everybody loved it or everybody went to see it anyway um, that's all I have to say would you like to move on sure yeah I'd love to move on yeah, I guess the only other thing was um, the, the rumor was that they were counting lines as yes, well. Yes, I did read that. Yeah, and and so they wanted they had to have the same amount of lines. I don't know how true that is, but according to Paul Newman's um, lifelong friend, a friend A. E. Hochner, um, Newman called McQueen a chicken shit for counting the number of lines. It's weird, isn't it, that Newman would say that? Because when you watch the characters on screen together, like McQueen actually gets the more heroic stuff to do. Yeah. And it's sort of strange that like, you're concerning yourself with counting lines and that when your character basically refers to the other character as architect for mm. most of the movie and then gets the big payoff at the end where he's like, I'll keep eating smoke while idiots like you don't ask me how to build a skyscraper because firemen build skyscrapers, yeah. apparently. <laughs> the, the first half of the movie is Paul Newman's, isn't it? Basically, mm. and the second half is Steve McQueen's. Yeah. You'd rather have the second half. But in the in the one-upmanship battle, I think McQueen wins yeah. in terms of their characters. I agree. A fireman's always going to win. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right, then. So I want to start, actually, with the with the decor in the glass tower because... Oh, hello. Oh, God, it's just gorgeous. Oh, I love it. Mm. Are you, why, why did we stop? Why did we stop With that, that decor? What you're saying to me is, why did we stop carpeting stairs? And I agree. Yeah. Shag, <laughs> pile it up. Yeah. Have you got a corner? No, you don't. Not anymore. I've rounded that corner for you sure. and I've covered it in orange plastic and it looks fucking lovely. Hey, you know the bottom of the stairs? Get a water feature in there. <laughs> Little indoor fountain. Beautiful. It's just gorgeous. It's and like the inside of the houses in Boogie Nights, but <laughs> up a tower. Yeah. It's and sexy. Just... You could sit anywhere. You don't even need a chair. Just collapse onto that carpet. <laughs> yeah. Do you know On your I... hardwood floors, your fake concrete. I started, I, I went on to Zillow after I watched this and started looking at houses for sale in Los Angeles, expensive ones that have that decor. There's loads of them. Are they, they're, but they're unaffordable. 10 million starting out. <laughs> Give it another year of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Uh, so now, right. Doug is here. Doug's the architect. I'm going to refer to him as Doug, played by Paul Newman. Good work. Paul Newman. Thank Good you, work. Doug. Doug, he, the architect. He's not a cheeseburger. <laughs> what? <laughs> when she starts kissing him, he goes, oh, I'm yeah. not a cheeseburger. Is that when she set up a, a bed for their shag? She's like, I, I couldn't work it out. Yeah. yeah is it he, a bed? He seems surprised that there was a bed in his office. And he built it. So <laughs> yeah, but he's taken his eye off the ball. It's, it's established quite early <laughs> Have on. Have you ever worked in an office with a bed? I've worked in an office with a sofa that we occasionally use as a bed because oh. we were very young. Oh. Yeah. Well, this is in many ways my office, so I'm thinking of bringing a bed in here. <laughs> but no, the, that's, that, I'm just trying to reach for a story. The answer is no. I've no. never worked in an office with a bed. Have you? Dream I scenario. Yeah, they had one at IGN. I don't know. Well, when they were I was working, you guys in bed with Chris Tilly. <laughs> well, the thing is, <laughs> new feature. The thing is, IGN at the time was part of MySpace as well, so it was that kind of we work wild sort of you know mm. idiots going round on friggin' tricycles. Um, but yeah, money, money was being spunked up the wall, but spunk wasn't, and there were no beds. Ooh, thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for your expose on what really happened at IGN. It's more, as I say, it was more MySpace. We were like, we were like the well-behaved geeks at the other side of the office while they were having the proper fun. Right. So Doug's here now. Is is this is Doug's here bec- before he goes to the wilderness? Question mark. Where is 
stood going. What a weird arc as well. Like your your hero, he the start of his journey is I'm moving to the countryside. Yeah, forever, I think. Just sort of odd. Like, yeah. I mean, it's sort of never really explored. Like, no idea why he's so bored of the city. He just, he wants to move to the country. A man that could be described as being at the absolute bleeding edge of urban living mm. as well. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to go and live in a log cabin, which I suppose is to show his, dis- his disdain for his own creation. Yeah, but it doesn't work because this tower is screwed and it's like... Maybe if you'd stop looking at country piles and check the wiring once in a while, we wouldn't all be on fire. Yeah. I guess if you've made your life building offices in cities, though, maybe that's the idea. Do they say something about it? Make your last one a good one, though. That's the thing. You want to go go out with a bang, not literally. (laughs) He made it good. It was Richard Chamberlain who messed it up. Well, here's the thing. It's like, there seems to, like, he blames himself somewhat. And I think maybe I carried myself along with his journey of like, oh, God, I should have checked this. These were my specifications. And I've just sort of like gone, I trust these businessmen. Yeah, I think that is his, I think his arc is a bit wedged in. And I think, which I will come back to, I think the film gets a bit spoiled by having two people that both want to be the good guy. And if this counting lines thing is true, it, it it's at the expense of a story. 100% agree. Uh, anyway, so. And, and adds an arrow onto the movie. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> but, but there are there are some things that like do like do seem kind of ridiculous. I mean, the faulty wiring is one thing. Let's let's assume Doug didn't know. Yeah, Doug didn't know about the faulty wiring. Everyone knows that the safety equipment has not yet been installed. Yeah, someone even says we really shouldn't be having this party yeah. tonight. Yeah. Don't have the party. Because the sprinklers aren't working. It's mm. like, well, you're probably not even allowed to have... Like, we talk about cold. No one's like, d- d- fuck the cold. Everyone's like, we stuck to cold. So if we're sticking to cold, you're probably not allowed a party right now. Exactly. But so. it, it means that they kind of share responsibility, though, don't they? There's different, there's different varieties of villain in this uh, that bear different sort of responsibility. But as Vicky said at the start, I don't know who the villain is. Mm. I, think but, it's, I think it's 100,000% Richard Chamberlain, but, uh, who's like, lying... Who, who's who's fucked up Paul Newman's plans mm. and he's lying to his father-in-law and then he tries to get ahead of the women at the end. He's that's, when he's, that's when he grills into proper baddie and that's awesome. But he's quite sympathetic at points because he's like, no one loves me and you told yeah. me to do it. Yeah. And you were he's sharing a, the a, kickbacks. He's a weakling. The minute he becomes a villain is when he, he hits on Doug's girl. Oh, yeah. That's when he's like... He does, a lot, he does a lot in this film. I forgot about that. What does he say to her? He goes, do you want to do lunch tomorrow? And she's like... No. She says no and walks away. She's so good. Uh, so, anyway, if tonight goes well, fingers crossed, there'll be skyscrapers all over the country. But spoiler, it isn't going to go well because up on 81, some fire jumps out of a cupboard. Um <laughs> 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 yeah, I got a bit confused. This film is already too long. They have one fire in one room that they put out, mm. but then there's a secret fire. <laughs> it's like, okay, so they know about one fire, but then OJ Simpson seems to know about the other fire, or is that the first fire? There's too many fires, and one has to be established as the secret fire. <laughs> so, as you said, it's down to faulty wiring. However, I think where you've got an issue, OJ Simpson is a security guard, agreed? Yeah, that is an issue. Have you noticed not one, but two men in this film have potentially killed their wives in real life? Who's the other one? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it alleged? Wagner, it's alleged. Oh. Well, it was all reopened and then it was closed again, wasn't it? Oh, the one on the yacht. Natalie Wood. Oh, Natalie yeah. Wood. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Um... OJ Simpson is stood in front of a control panel that ostensibly tells him when stuff is working. That control panel is flashing. Mm. Why would it flash? If something's working, it's on. If something's not working, it's off. Why does it flash? It's flashing to say I'm working. Right, yeah. I think that's a, a, this a is, huge... This is my work flash. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think the designers oh, are gone, I'm okay. working. Massive waste of resources. Everything fine. When I stop blinking, disaster. <laughs> You've got to stare at it the whole time. I got one of those charger... What are, they, are these things? Charger pad? Yeah. And it flashes when it's charged. Oh, okay. Stop I, flashing. I put it on at night. It starts flashing and wakes me up. That. It looks like a spaceship. It looks awesome, but it looks like a spaceship. So we are saying that Richard Chamberlain is the villain then? Because yes. when, when I go back and forth. Rog, he's called Roger. Right, Roger. He's a baddie, sure. But mm. then they're like, oh, but he's not a baddie because you're, you're meant to like Jim and Jim told him to do it. Because when Doug goes round to his house and yeah. his wife, who doesn't love him anymore, when she says, 
he's got the range of a timber wolf. <laughs> That's very funny. It's, it's that suggesting he's like he's playing the field. Oh, 100%. And also, why doesn't I think that really should be her thing because she doesn't have a lot to do. And I think if yeah. she always uses animal analogies for every situation <laughs> in this, it would be brilliant. He's got he's got the libido of a penguin. Uh, you know, <laughs> and what famously the, the flight of a sparrow <laughs> and what, <laughs> what the strength of a bear, the speed of a puma. Well, no, he's what, brave star. What does she say of Paul Newman? Who knows? Uh, they say he used to wrestle grizzly bears in Montana. Yes. Oh my God, she See? did. That's like, her thing. He's, he's like me. <laughs> it's all there. <sighs> all right, we're going to go to a party after a break. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Oh, she went early. Always goes early these days. Um, is it really? Is it? That's not too shabby. Just make that the halfway point. <laughs> Don't give me live notes. <laughs> no, we're, we're in a break. We're, we're in a break. We're in a break. All right. Keep so, us in there. <laughs> so anyway. The great and the good are here for this party, which is like a launch party for the skyscraper. It's exactly what I'd be hosting if I'd been there. It's so a premiere. True. It's a it's premiere. premiere. I would have been on the red carpet. Yeah. Yeah. You would be, but you'd be safe yeah. on the red carpet, wouldn't you? would be like, here's Roger yeah. with his wife who doesn't oh, love him. I wouldn't be. I, actually, I always go to the after party, even when I haven't been invited. Do you? Just I'd burst like, it. I hosted it and they're like, it's kind of exclusive. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> Stand aside. Yeah. Find me the architect who designed you. <laughs> That's what? It. That's it. What? That's it. That's what he says. <laughs> Great. There's a lot of that in this, isn't there? Um, anyway, so 
We've also established Harley, he's a con man. His mark is this woman called Lisa Lett and Jim is the builder. So finally oh, someone realises there's a fire and we get a casualty. <laughs> and Doug goes to pieces, which I think is good because he can't be too capable. It's because it's Will Giddings. Will, we never knew you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Giddings is dead. Who? <laughs> yeah, 20 minutes from now, by the way, Giddings is dead. Yeah. He is, is he? <laughs> is, is, is that bad or good? Yeah. <laughs> we will only be killing supporting characters from this point in. Also, you're using character names and I'm really getting confused Oh, now. I'm really sorry. It's, it's because It's because of my Newman McQueen issue that I had to, uh, but I'll I'll try and uh, be Because obviously that was Fred Astaire we've just uh, That's danced over. Oh. Oh, very good, very good. So, it doesn't matter that Doug goes to bits because you've got now, seen it all before, super experienced, salt of the earth, blue collar, hot dad type I want to throw in here, Steve McQueen. Now, he's only ever really called Chief. Well, I don't think he's got an actual name. Michael O'Halloran. Who oh, is he? Yeah, Michael O'Halloran. <laughs> call him Chief for this. I'll call him Chief. That will help. All right, I'll say Doug. Or Steve McQueen. <laughs> Steve McQueen. That would help even more. Yeah. Oh, Steve McQueen Steve. is the chief. And yep. Paul Newman is architect. Two, two of the most famous faces in film history. <laughs> Blurred together. Blurred together. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But I do like it that Steve McQueen turns up and he's like, shut up. This is how you deal with fire. What's in the building? And I'm like, why does he want to know? And OJ Simpson's like, why do you want to know? Like, it's ridiculous. And he's like, because... Wool and silk give off cyanide when they burn. Mm. Is that true? I yeah. didn't check. Do you want me to carry on listing them? I don't know. No. I loved that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God, okay. I that's... looked it up. It's true Is as it well. Really? It's, I... it's absolutely true. And they only found out recently that just how many deaths in fires are actually caused by, I think it's hydrogen cyanide that gets released from these burnings. So really? this was ahead of the curve in terms of mentioning yeah. it. And it does make me want to write a whodunit where that's how they did it. Oh, very clever. Just yeah. burn a bit of wool. I just, you know, <laughs> I always like it when. Burn a sheep. Yep. <laughs> when you get taught something that it doesn't really advance the plot it's there for exposition for us to go Steve McQueen knows what he's doing mm. and he's in charge yeah, yeah ranks everyone the it, farmyard killings <laughs> when there's a podcast I outrank everyone I love that line as yeah. well that was good so now Dan Bigelow I only knew he was the PR man because have you seen the poster it says the girlfriend there's something there's something they don't give them their names so they've got Faye Dunham it just says the girlfriend right and Dan Bigelow male gigolo yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so, Dan Bigelow, European, European gigolo. Do you know who was in that? If you have to do this. <laughs> hey, did you just hear that? Old story. Old story. <laughs> I've done it too many times. I think this would be like three or four, so I'm not doing it. I think it's more. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know when you said the other day in the pub, um, when it's our birthday, can we just do any films we want, maybe? Yeah. Is that because you wanted to do European Gigolo? With Juice Bigelow, the original. With, with no, what's the other film? If you, there's another one you're in. Oh, ca- Cannibals and Carpet Fitters. Oh, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Rude. That's great. I mean... I, I, Ibiza, Ibiza Undead? Is oh, that I one of yours? Yeah, 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 maybe. God, yeah. you've been in a lot, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> well, yes, I Count up the minutes. How many minutes? Does <laughs> well, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't matter. It's titles. You go by titles. You do. In many ways, I am an actor. Okay. More than a presenter. This is like a hobby now. <laughs> Can I continue? Yeah. <laughs> so, Dan Bigelow, who, as you mentioned, at the, at the top, which is a professional podcasting term, <laughs> he he's having a relationship mm. with his secretary which was fine back then which is it why are they so sneaky right so this is the thing this is why they have to die because i can only assume there are two reasons they haven't told anyone because he's married yeah. or they haven't told anyone because he's, he's the, her uh, boss yeah i think that's what it is do you think that i did because i think if he's married they'd just say it i think it's cuz he's married because there is no reason for her to die so horrifically she unless she really he's married it. it's so awful so i, I mean I, bursting into flames and then falling to your death yeah. while on fire mm. that's that's a top 3 way to go Horrend- and also she the dawning realization that this is how she's going to go is mm-hmm. so awful it's a brilliant scene the, whole, the way they set it up where he lies on the phone and he's like, yeah, okay, see you soon and pretends there are people coming. Yeah, when I found on. that, um, uh, that's gaslighting. Like, <laughs> it really pissed me off. Different time. It's a really different time to the point where he says, as you said, something like, isn't it strange that after you make love with a girl, there's no mark and it's like, what, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, he says there's no physical evidence. Incorrect. That's so true. So true. It depends she where you, might depends not be where you put it. 
<laughs> well, if you're Ernie Borgnine, it's the walls of your house. <laughs> no, I believe Ernie yeah. can hit the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, a powerful man. He yeah. could go through to the room above. Yeah, I will have that glass he, of water. He can do it from more. here. He can do it from here to eternity. <laughs> so I don't know what that's all about. I don't know what that is. I thought he was saying when we were shagging five minutes ago, you were wild, and now you seem very not because it's like it's, you're like a different person and she's like hm, that's what I'm like or whatever mm. fine but the point for me <laughs> can, is can I get some toilet roll <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's gonna do you know what I mean <laughs> let me tell you about your physical do evidence. you like this carpet I, that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> don't get it on the carpet it's brand new it is brand new <laughs> we haven't even opened yet see on a serious note it's just such a mad thing like and there's literally not a mark on you and all the while inside she's like you fucking moron <laughs> I've got my legs crossed right now <laughs> You would think that, wouldn't you? Oh, really? Oh, don't sit down. That leather is new. It's making me hate him, idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, if you hate him, you'll be pleased that he tries to outrun fire. <laughs> so then he's like, well, there was no one on the phone. I just told you that shit to make you feel better. Don't do that, Dan. We're in a partnership. Don't lie to me about the end of my life. Sometimes like, women need protecting do they? from themselves. <laughs> from themselves. <laughs> but also the point is to me, they're very much in love. She sees the fire and goes, is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just go out there? No, that's fire. That's fire, yep. and it will kill you. Which I can outrun. So they do, he talks about, I used to run, he says I used to run 100 metres in 10 seconds. It's like, well, that's... Through fire? <laughs> was it through fire, though? <laughs> well, was it through fire, mate? Because it's going to be different. We, uh, the towel, you've got two towels. <laughs> Fucking go for it. <laughs> I, also, that it. I also think that's going to win you an Olympic medal back then. That's so I, that's I quite like, impressive. Oh, how have you ended up in PR, Dad? We, we've not shaved too much off that since then. <laughs> He's full of shit, basically. <laughs> that's so true. He doesn't uh, understand basic do... <laughs> science or records. But by to me, because I wasn't understand who was being punished, if he's married or whatever, I was like, oh, I've, even though I've seen it before, but I've really blocked it out. I was like, he's going to make it and then something else is going to happen. He's not just going to not make mm. it at all. And he gets not very far no. and obviously it's, he doesn't make it's it. It's weird. It's like a short film, their story, in the yeah, middle of this true, larger yeah. story. Yeah. And also the why it's so good, because it's shorter. <laughs> yeah. But also the film would be not that much different if it was entirely excised. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Also, they didn't build uh, skyscrapers with very strong glass back then, because she basically just leans on a window and goes... <laughs> 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 yeah. So she's gone, and I do, oh, you know, it, it's it's so, so upsetting. It's brilliant, it's, but it's very upsetting. Shouldn't have secret sex in a disaster movie. No. So then where is Doug? Where is Paul Newman at this moment? He's with Lizalette and her neighbour's kids. This is a question for me. Where is their mum? What happened to their mum? She already got taken down. She was the deaf Without, lady from earlier. Yeah, yeah, but why she left it? What? She was kind of out of it. She's on a stretcher oh, when you're seeing it. Okay, she, she, didn't, she wasn't doing a U. She yeah. was like, I can't carry two kids, so, so I'll probably make a run But to the point of that, is there anyone else in here? No, I don't think so. <laughs> don't let it slow you down. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> So then we've got this set piece and it's mangled stairs. All fine. Uh, we do set up the C4, which is really clever, I think. And mm. then um, they blow open a fire escape. Roger tries to leg it, the fool. Although he comes back to say what we would all be thinking, which is, I'm just going to get quietly drunk over here. Yeah. Can you give me a bit he's, of space? He's all of us in this scene. Yeah. It's amazing how many people stop for a drink in the middle of this inferno. But they're in a bar. Yeah, Doug stops for a drink as well. Him and, he does, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. They, they stop for a drink later. It's like, should you drink? Do you want drink? Are you still serving? Fantastic. Uh, at, at what point does Dutch courage become just getting hammered? It's such a good question, Chris. I'll have a... Uh, and let's find out when, <laughs> this afternoon after the podcast. I'll have, a, I'll have a cocktail. That might take a while. I am. Is it a problem? <laughs> You're in a rush or something? Maybe a fucking cocktail. Yeah, OJ. No, I think you've got to order a drink that's going to be quicker to make than a cocktail. Sure, sure. I, 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 you know, Give me that bottle. <laughs> it depends on the cocktail, doesn't it? Nothing, sh- just the pouring cup, nothing shaking. It just takes too much time. And a groaning. There you go. Yep. Easy done. A nice groaning. I love it. 30 yeah. seconds. 30 seconds. That's all it takes. So now, Lizalette is reunited with Harley, Fred Astaire. She now knows this is so 70s. He was trying to scam her. Right. Mm. It's not the fact that she's fine with it, whatever. He gets his... Why is he the sympathetic character? He's like, oh, shoot, I can't do anything right. And mm. I'm meant to go, God, God bless you, Harley. What a shame for you <laughs> who was trying to scam this nice lady who's just saved two kids out of all her money. Now, the fact that she loves it is a character thing, whatever. But the camera is on him. It's like, this is your story right now, I can't Harley. even scam anyone I very well. I can't do this right. <laughs> but also, <laughs> you poor little lamb, you failed to scam her. Yeah. Oh. But also, mom- just after he admits that he's a 
con artist. Yeah. Uh, but loves her. Yeah. She dies. Yeah. So the lesson for him is don't ever be honest. Go back to your conning ways. As soon as you're honest with a woman, she fucking dies. Yeah, yeah it's really difficult for me to swallow because we're meant to feel... He's, he is very good in it, Fred Astaire, but we're meant to go at the end. Oh, poor you. You were finally honest with a woman who you just met mm. and she's been torn out of your arms and mm. you'll never be happy again. You're a con man. You're a bad man. Mm. And now you've got a cat. But I don't the, know. The two are connected, though, so I should not be honest and they live. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I'm saying. Um, Jim and Doug, uh, that's William Holden and Paul Newman. Thank you. <laughs> have a chat about cold. The building is within regs. Okay, cool. So I think at this point they tried to introduce some Doug guilt, which you picked up on and I didn't. I was like, I don't understand the, the guilt. You all you all stuck to cold. It's, it's mad because what they're saying is the building was built within the builder's code and yes. then Doug goes... Yeah, but I told you that that wasn't good enough for this building. So what that means is Doug has designed a building that falls outside the builder's code, which surely shouldn't exist. Exactly. It's like you <laughs> built a death tower. <laughs> yeah, you did. It's like you can sit there and go, I did say builder's code wasn't enough. It's like... We'll build it in the Builder's Code then, cool. and then everyone's fine. I'd love it if the first time we saw a shot of the building after this, you'd see that it was just on a complete angle that couldn't exist. <laughs> just outside the Builder's Code. <laughs> I, just, I think it's because they don't want to be... Neither of them want to be the baddie. So no no one's going, well, I saw the code and I ignored it, God damn you. Mm. you know, it's all in there, which is Jim took kickbacks and so did Roger. But the kickbacks still kept them within code. Yep. I just, uh, I don't know. I just didn't get on with it. Uh, so the choppers are here. Now, before the, the choppers... <laughs> Stupid bloody women. I know. Don't, <laughs> don't run at a helicopter because the pilots will sacrifice themselves rather than kill you. Yeah. But women do... I've seen it happen. Mm. You, there's a there's a helicopter in the vicinity. Women just run at it. Yeah. I've seen so many people die that way. <laughs> I, I once I, I once lost a female friend when a helicopter flew overhead. She was chasing it for two miles <laughs> before <laughs> I caught her. I was like, leave it, let it go. She's like helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> They also, and this is a very me thing to focus on because it's the seventies. Every, especially Faye Dunaway, especially her dress is diaphanous, right? She is braless. Fine, it was the time. There's a helicopter, and you'd be like, "Oh, I'm, I really want to run at it because I have to because I'm a woman." That is going to blow my frock off. What do I do? <laughs> like, what can I do? So. It's a little I just, bit. I, I see a helicopter. I just want to run it. I have to run it, have to and run it. Uh, everyone has to die. So I, I think it's a bit of a cheat because previously they're like the, the helicopter can't land. They're like, oh, just had a phone call. Definitely can. You're like someone's <laughs> going to die because it can't. You just said it can't. Um, but I did like the fact. I thought it was quite a fun choice that you could drag that out. I mean, this is a three-hour film anyway. Like it's going to land. It can't. It just immediately arrives and it explodes. Mm. Done. So that's good. Uh, right. So then uh, Paul Newman. <laughs> rigs things Ooh. so that this lift this outside lift modelled on the San Francisco Regency Hyatt I believe stayed there been in that lift is he really yes. I look he's, he's, was he scary it is quite scary has he got a glass floor no okay cool it doesn't have a glass floor it's quite an old fashioned glass lift it's a lot like the one in this movie it's quite art deco isn't mm. it uh, so anyway he's like yeah, we can get the women and children out of here we can get mm. all the women out of here in this one lift question so I get that this was the times uh, now we've got a better sense of equality. Yeah. Do the women go first or do we share it? I wonder, I, the thing is, I've, have you ever mm. been, I've been on a cruise Great ship. Question, no, it's way. a good question. I've been on a cruise ship and they said, this is a few years ago, when we do the lifeboats, we do do women and children first. And I was a bit surprised. Were you, because, were you angry? I'll go last. <laughs> I will go last. Were you the one asking the question? Oi, over here, over here. So these lifeboats, is it women and children first? <laughs> I'm it, hoping you're going to say it, yes. it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel. Yeah, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't and also, it. sorry, just sorry, just to uh, when does a child become an adult officially? <laughs> yeah, it's a good because that kid's tall. Yeah, does that, is, that, is that an adult? A boy child? It's very. Also, I think I'm short. Do I count as a child? <laughs> a sixteen-year-old who hasn't smoked their entire life. Yeah, it's better, it's got a better chance of surviving in the sea than me. So I should probably. I think you need to provide a medical history and go. Look, I need. to If go. there's time, I suppose you really should. Hmm. Yeah, you should earn your place um, to get out there first. I mean, I I'll just know. put seven cigarettes in my mouth at once. Go. Uh, look at me. Look, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I just think as well. It's the the time of the film. They want all the men in one room to do some hero shit. No, there's no. Sure. Hero shit for the women to do. The women just have to stand in a lift and scream for a bit. So the lift goes down, 
and it detaches, which is, I think it's, oh, this is on Paul Newman, quite frankly. Like, it sounds like a bad idea anyway. The, my favourite bit, it detaches. There's a woman in a green dress and she bashes against the glass. So she's the one that bashes the glass panel out. Someone pulls her up. No, you're fine. And then poor Lisa Lett, who's all she's done is try to save children. Mm. She then must fall to her death. And it wasn't even her back that bashed the glass out. So cruel. Her death is a really weird one in this movie because, you know, every movie operates on its own logic and the logic of her dying, you know, I can understand why Bigelow and his secretary... Car kit, but yeah. her, it's sort of like no, she's... I don't think people in these disaster films, though, not everyone gets killed for a reason. Mm. Well, it's to make you think they'll kill the two leads because she's done nothing wrong, so it is, it is very cruel. I, f- I feel sorry for that waitress. Faye Dunaway tries to give her spot on the, on the lift oh, to the yeah. waitress, and, the and Paul, like, Newman no. just, Paul Newman comes up and says, Nope, <laughs> that's yours. That waitress for a second was thought she was saved, and then <laughs> our hero yeah. sacks her off. It's so true, but uh, good guy OJ Simpson, yeah. Literally saves a cat. He literally saves a cat. Literally saves the cat. Yeah, yeah. He can't be a bad guy. No, Uh, he has got a nice face. He's got such a warm face, and he saves a cat in this realistic movie. Yeah, he doesn't really have much else to do, does he? Um, He he just started. He was just. He was just starting out. out, yeah. Yeah. So the chairlift thing arrives and then the f- there is another woman actually because she's the first person on the chairlift, isn't she? And she's like, I can't! I'd be like, cool, don't then, I will. Yeah. <laughs> is, this the, is this the breacher's boy? This is the breacher's boy. Yeah. yeah. It's a hell of a concept, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to stick you on a chair on a bit of string. <laughs> And chuck you out the window. <laughs> I mean, but, the, but it means we get a great moment with Richard Chamberlain where he, you know. Oh, I love it. it he's, it's he ain't absolutely it. brilliant. I guess it's kind of Billy Zane on Titanic, isn't sure. it? Uh, which is based sort of vaguely in reality. So this is kind of a true thing that people would do this in this situation. Yeah. But it and works wonderfully well for his character. It totally then cements him. Unfortunately, a little bit too late. It's like, oh, you're the bad guy. Because who does that? And he does kick a man. No, I think I knew at the start when he said he was the bad guy. Mm. Uh, so, so you then you've got this woman yeah, in the chairlift. What, and sorry, it's what? what he's wearing when he walks in at the start in that like, sports jacket and yeah. he's, he's all like, mm, drink. really, you want to talk to me about it? I don't need to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I, I've never lived in a house large enough to put a bar in and if I did, his bar is horrible. Mm. Like, try harder. I'm very rarely here. I've got the range of a timber wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Let someone else say it. It's better coming from someone else. <laughs> so... Uh, the fire chief saves the lift people. He lashes yeah. into the chopper. He, he holds he holds a man off the side of the elevator. Yeah, for a long time. I don't think it's physically possible what he's no. doing, but it's very impressive. But he does it because he can't. That's the thing because he's the good guy. He can't drop anyone. Like I knew that that firefighter isn't going to die because your dual hero's got hold of you. And I don't think either of the characters want to be responsible for letting someone die because but, that. But when you're watching it, could you not have thought? Well, they can kill one of them because I, we've got yeah. two for the price of one in this film. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're not aware of. What's going on behind the scenes with the contract negotiations? (laughs) Which not everyone would be. Very good point. You wouldn't have known that, I guess, going in. Unless you saw the postman and went, What the fuck is that? (laughs) You just think they've made a mistake. It looks like I'm not a graphic designer. (laughs) The good the good graphic designer was sick that day. (laughs) And Vicky's done it. And that's why it looks like that. Did you Um, need to be in crayon? So anyway, the point being now, time is running out. Ticking clock! Thank God. 15 minutes! There's 15 minutes. The fire is wild and there's a new plan. We're going to explode the tanks. Now, this is sold in to Steve McQueen as a suicide mission. Mm, by and Dabney Coleman. absolutely not a suicide <laughs> mission. I love it. He's a very fine actor and he's like, how do I get back? And they're like, you don't. And he's like, well, oh heck, or whatever he says. It's like, awesome. He gets in the room, you're like, you've got bags of time. I thought they were going to say, we, we've run out of timers unfortunately Steve so got a ton of C4 but it's going to blow your face off is that alright yeah the minute he gets up there with Paul Newman he's like this is the timer oh, well you're fine then aren't you like it's I don't know do you both need to be here <laughs> <laughs> I mean contractually yeah. I have to be here right now so this is where we'll get this is where we'll get into like me being like oh the two of them have kind of wrecked the thing so Steve McQueen rings Paul Newman to say this is the plan and Doug for some reason I don't think anyone I don't think a normal person would ask this question but who will bring these explosives why do you give a shit like it doesn't matter but it's so he can go there'll be some dumb son of a bitch to bring it up awesome right two extremely talented exceptional actors 
Do you wish there'd been a bit more back and forth between these two so that he goes, oh, God, you've got to die to save me. That's awful. You're only in this position because of me. Like that that moment is so flat and the dialogue mm. is there to make you go, oh, oh it, they, it, you've been brought to this point by each other, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, like you say, fucking Roger, fucking Roger. So then Newman and McQueen are working together to set the explosives. There is absolutely zero tension and zero chemistry. They hardly look at each other. Do you not think? Yeah, I honestly, by this point, I was just like, when does this end? Yeah, it's a weird act three, isn't it? Like, mm. it's it doesn't belong to either of them. That's the problem, I think. Anyway, eventually it works. Although a lot of people get exploded and crushed and, and washed away. So <laughs> I mean the the real problem I have is is um Carlos's pointless death. Is he the barman? He's the barman. Yeah. And oh, he's what well, he's holding the twenty nine and then Jim's like, Don't hold glass. He's a really you? decent bloke. Yeah. And he and he gets hit by a falling statue. Yeah, yeah he gets crushed. And it's just he? like what? He d- Carlos didn't deserve that. No, he did not. He did not. But uh, so. I guess that's what I'm saying. You know, some people get it that don't deserve it. But yep. And then the trouble is, because I've just seen Poseidon Adventure, I was like, one of you has got to die. <laughs> like, one of you does, and neither of them do. And then Harley gets the cat of the woman he conned, and he's really sad about that. It's a weird love story. I don't really agree with it. But I think the cat button, if you will, mm. is effective. It's just a lot for one date where she's interrupted by a towering <laughs> inferno. So He's, his arc is like, really? Like, one date? Well, learning your, your date is a con man is big enough for one date. <laughs> yeah, but then true. having a towering inferno and then dying and saving some children before you die, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to pack in. So here we go. So- <laughs> Here's a cat. <laughs> so the chief and the architect on the steps, they sum up the morality, the beating heart, the raison d'etre of this film, mm-hmm. which is, I believe, fire chiefs are not consulted during the planning stages of large-scale construction projects, but then what are building regs and code are not they co-designed in a cross-state, multidisciplinary working group that also involves the fire service? Is that not how states... I'm- Work. I mean, it doesn't sound as cool as I'm going to keep eating smoke until someone <laughs> asks us how to build them. Eating smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I believe, <laughs> cool. that, I I believe that architects were not happy with this film. Right. But the thing I, is, I, they've I, got all the credits from being in rom-coms all the time, so yeah. they can't <laughs> Firefighters loved it. <laughs> but equally, I saw someone else who worked on this film saying that after the release of this movie, uh, sprinkler systems were brought into high-rises that hadn't been there before. Yeah, they I became... can't imagine the impact of it when, you know, the, there is a shot of the building and the skyline is comparatively clear to what we would be comfortable comfortable with accustomed to today and it is shocking to Mm. see a city center with so few high-rises because we're just so accustomed to it Mm. but um we weren't that accustomed to it when we were little kids it's much more normal here now isn't it yeah a lot's happened in the last 40 odd years i did read canary wharf wasn't even a thing when i was a kid that's so true easy bob hoskin (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love that video (laughs) and and the film (laughs) Uh, this person who worked on the film that said that sprinkler systems were put in. Yes. Wasn't that Steve McQueen? He's still in broken no, character. No. <laughs> no, this was a more recent documentary. Steve McQueen is very much dead. Uh, how's Paul Newman <laughs> <he>? doing? <laughs> Paul Newman's dead as well. Is he? I, I don't yeah, know. Again. I don't know who we're meant to be doing. <laughs> it sounds a little bit like Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Steve McQueen is very dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the film right Right. do you think they should have left it up as a shrine to all the bullshit in the world what does that mean what does know. that mean I don't know but I like it <laughs> yeah. it sounds like a good line it's, I get it I, you, that's so... why we haven't taken down some of our old episodes <laughs> <laughs> we, we've left them up as a shrine to all the bullshit in the world <laughs> what was a particularly bad one I'm trying to think uh, uh, first six months yeah um, maybe also, uh, maybe like... Free Jack versus Labyrinth it's <laughs> <laughs> okay no, it's just a bad pair, but good, yeah, good, good chat, great, chat. <laughs> great bands. Yeah. Um, did you see that they played as a double feature? This played as a double feature with Earthquake because they came no. out like two months apart, right? And when they played them as a double bill, they called them the Shake and Bake double feature. <laughs> Jesus, that's great. That's awful. Yeah. And it's also a good line from Aliens where they call them a Shake and Bake colony. Yes, they do. Mm. <laughs> um, and also, I was saying Paul Newman wasn't happy about making this film. There's a great recent uh, four part documentary about Paul Newman where they go into the fact that he's... Is he in it? <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's very much dead. 
<laughs> good. But um, he was just very unhappy with this period of his career. And uh, this is a quote that he says about this film. He said, for the first time, I fell for the goddamn numbers. I did this turkey for a million dollars and 10% of the gross, but it's the first and last time, I swear. And he did make a concerted effort after this to stop making shite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the bits then, shall we? Yeah. So, Chris, what would you say is your best scene? When the villain of the film, Richard Chamberlain, uh, makes a run for it, kicks other people off that chair and falls to his death. <laughs> yeah. I friggin' love it. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, I don't think we've given her a name for this entire episode. I don't know her name. It's even more offensive because I, I don't think it's mentioned in the film because I remember listening going, I should give her a name because we, we, we know Dan know. Bigelow. Yeah. But it's when the secretary bursts into flames before smashing through a window and falling to Laurie. her death. Laurie. Laurie. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Chris. Okay, good. Yeah. Her, the actual felt... place has a very interesting life story. I recommend reading it. Oh, okay. I got quite, yeah, I fell down a rabbit hole there. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, I'm she fell out of a high rise. <laughs> it's Bigelow and his lover's dad put his lover. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know, I didn't do it. Even either. you. I didn't do it. Do you know the reason I felt justified? Because the pollster wouldn't have done it either. She would have just been the secretary. Um, yeah. Yeah. Death, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's, mm. it really haunted me as a child. And then I did go into this thinking, oh, you know what it's like when you're little, you build things up. And it was, it's really, really impressive. Mm. Um, the stunt work's amazing and it's just so scary and it's so, sad and cruel it's great uh what's your mvw alex well <clears throat> remind me who plays the architect i just say paul newman <laughs> okay okay paul newman so it's steve mcqueen uh, <laughs> I, I think he wins the battle of the egos or whatever it is yeah, or whichever yeah. agent won i just think he like as i said at the very start i do think there's a, a, a there's a weird lack of explanation as to the architect paul newman's responsibility in this whole thing which leaves a little bit of a sort of question mark over whether he should be in trouble for building a skyscraper that exceeds building regulation codes whereas steve mcqueen gets the fun lines and gets to go i'll keep eating smoke until dickheads like you <laughs> get out my fucking face or whatever he says at the end so steve mcqueen he's just so goddamn cool in this movie uh mine is richard chamberlain as roger because of just i want a proper baddie like new newman and mcqueen cancel each other out so i just want to i like everybody likes a good villain and roger finally becomes a proper villain when he kicks people off that chairlift any wool manufacturers any any silk manufacturers because they really cyanide you fucking he did, idiots he just did one more he needs one more thing as well because that isn't enough for oj simpson and there's one oh i can't remember what it is any cats because they run around <laughs> apart from on this one fire, which stays on a chair the whole time even though everything's on fire <laughs> so warm <laughs> yeah, well I disagree with Alex and agree with Vicky I do think these two men cancel each other out yeah. I don't think there's any point in picking one of them no. so uh, my winner is uh, Mr Richard Chamberlain yeah. as well I think he makes a really good slimy sleazy villain and yeah. he does I, I mean I think he's a villain from the beginning I think it sets him up as that but I 100% agree he gets progressively worse as the film goes on and he gets the comeuppance he deserves so it's very satisfying and what would you change Chris yeah, this is this is strange that I wrote this down, really, based on what you two have said. Cool. Uh, I mentioned this before. I would cut out the the Wagner, the whole Robert Wagner storyline. The best bit <laughs> for a film that's too long. I think you can excise that, and it doesn't really make any difference to the movie. But I guess it didn't hit me as hard as you guys did. Uh, did you guys? And the way you described it, I'm like, oh yeah, that is pretty harsh, isn't it? But um, all right. So when Newman and McQueen are burning up, let's have them stripped to the waist, as I said Perfect. on Monday. Oh. Yeah, that's only fair. Oof. Yeah. Hoochie mama. Lucky old Faye Dunaway, mm. as previously mentioned. Wow, we melt city. <laughs> Don't do that. She wasn't very lucky on this set, though. Did you see here? That story was I repeated. Was, I read about William frequently. Holden. Like, yeah, hit her. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. the fuck? Like that. William Bill, Holden Bill, hit her. Bill Holden slapped her, apparently. Uh, it, she, she was late every day she was working. She was holding a set up. She was very unprofessional. And one day he slapped her and apparently she wasn't late again. Lovely, yeah. lovely you know times. What? I read something about and that. that. Was a, I read that a few places, so I feel like that's probably I read true. something. I'll tell you very... who's not going to be late ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so awful, that story, because you read that, you're like, oh, you got a beating, so you weren't late. And it's like, well, well done, Bill, because you sorted that problem. And then what did they work on together after this? There was something else they did right. together. And so I read this over going, we can't have been that bad because they worked together mm. again. It's like, that's so typical that you miss the fact that you just go, well, you wouldn't, oh, I don't know. It's not that it wasn't that bad. That happened. It was bad. And I might be able to work with him again. It doesn't mean that that thing wasn't bad. I'd definitely I mean? be on time, though. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I read it a slap somewhere. Elsewhere, I read it as a shove and a threat. Yeah. 
Mm. Lovely stuff. Well, that's not nice. No, did you do your change? I didn't do my change. I think uh, I've got a weird one as well. Uh, you, you kill Philip. Who's Philip here? is the little bratty kid who's like got his headphones on for the whole start of the movie. And All I'm right, like, that's yeah. just rude. Adults are talking to you and you've got your headphones on. But he's just a little bit too cocky when he's like, I think I can clam down this banister. <laughs> and I'm just like, you really want to shock me? You really want to surprise me? Kill him. Drop I know he yeah. can't because the ha- architect's played by... <laughs> Paul Newman. <laughs> Paul Newman is there so no one can die in his presence. But uh, I'm how? still... I think he should fall. I think he should slip and fall down that shaft, the stairwell to his mm. death. And let's give him a sort of um, Hans Gruber shot as well. Of yeah. him 100%. <laughs> I just think you've shown us this massive drop down the centre of this skyscraper, 100 plus floors. I want to see someone go down. Mm. And obviously you're killing Lizalette later, later on. Yeah. So it's got to be Philip. Kill Philip. Mine is really obvious. Uh, it's just, just don't do it like this. The architect just needs to be bad. He ignored the code. He cut the corners. He did it to get the kickbacks. He's not this like twinkly-eyed dude that's going to retire to the cabin in the woods kind of thing. The fire chief is an honest, working-class man sent in to clean up the mess. That's it. Yeah, and you're exactly right. There's one too many heroes and there's two too many villains. Yeah. Yep. Collapse the characters. Oh, yes, always. Uh, there we go. We're done. All right, then. Well, you know what time it is, Vicky. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Uh, Right then. My movies this week, well, Craig's movies, but I was, uh, I guess, hosting the pair. I don't know how you describe it. (laughs) Craig's movies this week. Craig's movies this week. Okay, so uh, let's go with you, Victoria. Uh, I'll just say it straight away. It's... The winner is, for me, The Poseidon Adventure. Because there are two heroes in the Towering Inferno, so Act 3 becomes very scattershot. Whose story is most important? I think in trying to please both men, they've honoured neither role. We want these two titans. Both people. Both Sure. Yep. Uh, I don't see that the women got to do this bullshit, <laughs> so that's why I said that. Um you want these two great luminaries to be in opposition and like pushing and pulling and arguing and they end up in set pieces that are like, you said to do this and it didn't work. I said to do this and I was right. You could even fuck it all and just chuck Susan in the middle of all that in a kind of love triangle thing, whatever. Sexy. Uh, yeah. Oh, she's and she's not about to leave. When we open the film, she's like, the thing is, Doug, I've been offered a new job, so probably this is it. I can't remember. I know we finished the movie. Does what happens at the end? Does she say, "I'm going to stay with you"? Or is that that, that never gets resolved? Does but before it? Before they're sat on the step, she says, "I'd follow you anywhere." And he okay. says, "Okay, let's talk about it tomorrow." Which is a nice line because it's like, "I'm not going to die because we're going to talk about it tomorrow." So she's yeah. basically saying, "I don't want this great job." It's anymore. also like, "Really now? <laughs> Pick a moment." Not now, love. Yeah, all of that. What you want to do is then she's not going to leave Doug. She loves Doug. But then during the way he acts in this rescue, when he's kind of in this like, you know, bro thing with Steve McQueen, it makes her rethink. And then he does this like character slingshot. He's a bad person. And at the end, he does something heroic to save the chief, who is a good person, whose life is only in danger because of Doug cutting goddamn corners and we don't have that and so because we don't have that it is a building on fire for three hours which just doesn't compare with the Poseidon adventure okay that's my reasoning the Poseidon adventure gets one vote Chris Tilly I'm going to read exactly what I have written down (laughs) good I did just wait close one for me this week I wish Towering Inferno wasn't so long, but the fact that it has stars I prefer as well as a decent villain who has a dramatic death makes it the better film for me. Wow. But (laughs) listening to you guys talk about these films this week, I've changed my mind. What? Holy mackerel. I'm going to vote for Poseidon Adventure. (laughs) Just talking about it, I'm thinking, no, this is a better film. And actually it hit me harder. The drama, the emotion of it really got to me in a way that I hadn't really thought about until you guys were discussing it. And the stuff you've called out Towering Inferno for, I think you're correct on. So forget what's written there. Forget it. Delete. (laughs) Forget that. Delete. Forget that. It's Poseidon Adventure. (laughs) All right. We have a winner. Lovely. And it is the Poseidon Adventure for the record I was voting for the Tarry no the Poseidon Adventure it's just a better film and also the sea I'm not saying fire isn't dangerous but the sea just scares the shit out of me it always has and so being upturned on a boat is a a much more terrifying scenario it scared me more as a kid scared me more this time so it is the Poseidon Adventure it's a three for threeer you know who's going to be happy about that Craig 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 Maine that's fantastic Craig your favourite film of all all time, yeah. just one. <laughs> I hope you're happy.
Right then, let's look ahead to next week's Fanuary pairing. Mm-mm. The clue. Mm-mm. Oh, here we are. Again. Oh dear. Mm-mm. Oh the dear. Clue that, uh, How long shall I leave the first clue up before I put the second clue so uh, we can get some guesses in? I, I think, think just... you are underestimating. Uh, no, exactly. Our audience, All right. Well, how long do you think I should leave up before I post the second clue? I don't clue? know what you normally do, so I just I'm, do what you normally I'm do. I'm not aware of this side of the podcast. Yeah, this is entirely. <laughs> Do the clue again, although everyone all heard it. Now let me welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West. Mm -hmm. So what are the films? The films are, because the next line of that song is a state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. And Elliot Ness is in both of these films? Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The films are The Untouchables, which is available on Amazon, Apple and Sky and Road to Perdition, which is on Disney and Amazon. Unusually, actually. But there you go. (laughs) What a surprise. What a distribution surprise. The weird one. (laughs) (laughs) So, Road to Perdition, though. Yeah. I can't remember Elliot Ness. Me neither, but he must be in it. No. uh, (laughs) Yeah, she just said he's in it. Yeah, based on a graphic novel. uh, And Elliot Ness is in that. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, do... Have read the graphic novel <laughs> and, and, before you guess. Don't watch the movie. Don't watch the movie either. So next week we're doing the Untouchables versus the graphic, graphic novel of Road to Perdition. That's right. Okay, it's a first. Fantastic. That is our next Fanuary pairing. Fanuary part for the Untouchables versus Road to Perdition. Uh, in the meantime, please do subscribe to us if you haven't done already. We're on Apple Podcasts, all the other podcast networks, whichever you choose, and get in touch with us if you so wish. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, where we are at ClashPod. Back next week as Fanuary continues. Have a lovely, lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.